to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Moore fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. Score! Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over the Rossi gets loose and Bergeron scores. There are three ways you can support the show. We are available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on TheHockeyWriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin. Hello, Bruins fans. I'm Mark, and welcome back for episode 47 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, brought to you by Beast from the Northeast Sports Clothing Company. The great people at Beast from the Northeast pride themselves on using the highest quality apparel to showcase they're one-of-a-kind designs that you can't find anywhere else. For a special listener discount, go to beastfromthenortheast.bigcartel.com and enter promo code BLACKANDGOLD for 15% off future orders. Now, time to bring in the best co-host of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, Mr. Rob Tomlin. Rob, how are we doing today? Hi, I'm awesome, buddy. How are you? That's great. I'm glad to hear that you're, you're doing really well. Um, how was your week? My my week was good. My weekend has been busy. Uh, I would say never shop at IKEA. <laughs> um, it takes you longer to get out of the shop as it does to actually make the stuff when you get home. So, yeah, it's right. been stressful getting everything done, but it's all good now. That's that's some good advice. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, same here. I've been busy uh, doing a lot of hockey writing uh, for the Black and Gold Hockey Blog dot com, and uh, some just you know just stuff around the house, normal weekend stuff. But uh, excited to be back for another week of uh, Bruins Hockey Talk with you. Uh, with oh, yeah. Flying Solo, we do not have a guest this week. Um, so, but I do have some exciting news. But first, I'd like to just um, say that uh, if you'd like to support the show and not um, directly give us any money, uh, we'd ask that you please go to blackandgoldhockeyblog.com. This is for Amazon shoppers, of course. Um, If you have an account, please go through our website. Click on the Amazon banner to the right of the screen. Um, By doing that, uh, your purchases. um, We're an advertising affiliate now, so... The purchases that you make on Amazon through our website, um, uh, a certain amount of money comes back to us to help uh, cut the cost of the uh, website and the podcast. So we definitely appreciate that. Yeah, at no extra cost to you as well. It's, no, exactly. Disclaim- this is straight out of Amazon's pocket, not anyone else's. Yep. Disclaimer right there is you do not pay anything else. You just make your purchase. And as an advertising partner, we get... Um, a cut of um, of what you purchase, so we would appreciate that. Um, and some more exciting news. Uh, 
as as many you uh, longtime listeners know, Rob has been on the show now for we're going on a year, uh, I believe, in a month or two. But uh, we're going to add on another voice, uh, another person that drops uh, an increasingly amount of knowledge to the program, and he's been on the last two weeks, and. I, I got to say, I've been impressed with his preparation as just a guest and not a full-time person. But we're going to bring this guy on uh, on a weekly basis. And uh, Court Lalonde will join the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast uh, starting next week. And I'm super pumped to have him on. I think we have good chemistry the last two yep. weeks. And and not only is it what I think and what you think and what Court thinks, but it's reflected in the feedback that I'm getting in personal DMs, uh, emails, uh, all saying that the dude from Toronto knows his stuff and you know even the suggestions that he should be on here permanently. So we took those suggestions, we uh, talked uh, in our off-air program and decided to bring Court along. And I think he's going to bring a, a, a real uh, element to, the, to this program that's going to probably, uh, you know, give us more ratings and better feedback. And we know you'll be listening to this court. So just so you know, you're now our intern and you have to bring us beers every 20 minutes. <laughs> it's like a frat now. <laughs> yep. That's how it works. I love it. 20 minute beers. You know, once you said that, the only thing I had going through my head was like the movie Old School. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that I love film? You blue. Yeah, 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 you have. All right. Uh, <laughs> Courts the boy blue. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's a uh, great start to the show so far. Um, yeah. How how about this week of hockey? Um, I was, and I'm not even prepared yet. I got all next week's freaking brewing stuff. Um, just give me a second to punch up something real quick, but I have an interesting fact while you're doing that. Go for it. In the it, last buddy. ten games which are under Bruce Cassidy, the the defensemen of the Boston Bruins have put up twenty five points in ten games. Okay, I'm gonna scratch that off my list of things to talk about. <laughs> and oh my god, is that a change of plans from what happened at the beginning of the season? Oh yeah. So that I the fact that the thing that always astounds me with this team is before Cassidy joined the team, Tory Krug had better stats than Kevin Shattenkirk. Wow. Now, now he's got even better stats than Kevin Shattenkirk. And I guarantee he wouldn't bring anywhere near the price Shattenkirk did. So that just goes to show you the price of a right handed defenseman in the NHL. But at the same time, Will Tory Krug's numbers make up for the fact that Char is not around for much longer? That's, Big an, question. that's an interesting point. That's a nice way to think about it. Um, yeah. But let's start off by uh, talking about the week, uh, the games last week. Yeah. Uh, the start off with the 26th of February. There was a 63 win against Dallas on the road. Um, that was a, a good game, a game that the Bruins definitely needed. Uh, yeah. Because Dallas has been struggling. Definitely not the same team as they were last year when they were 
uh, I believe, the Western Conference champs or, or just division champs. Yeah. But um, that was a uh, good win. Uh, come back home after a four-game road trip to play Arizona at the TD Garden on Tuesday night, a game that I was actually in attendance. Awesome, yeah. uh, awesome game. Um, I want to thank uh, Judy Westgate for the tickets. I really appreciate that, Judy, and hope to get those tickets sometime again soon. But uh, I brought my wife, Courtney. We both had a blast. Um, had a couple beers, which were good, some Sam Adams. And uh, I, I enjoyed the game. Um, the, the tough part for me was the um, Colin Miller ejection. Uh, oh, yeah. Now here's the funny here's the funny thing, and I and I understand why this happened, um, because Bruins fans in Boston can be absolutely rabid when something happens, uh, especially something happens like this. Uh, the crowd could just go amazingly wild. But when Colin Miller made, in my opinion, a very clean hit, yeah. Um, unfortunately. I, I don't remember the player's name, do you? Alex Bermistrov. Yes, Alex Bermistrov, formerly of the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. Um, took a hit. Uh, left him, he, he was in a vulnerable position coming in through uh, center ice in the neutral zone, uh, well, more towards the defensive zone, but uh, took a, a, a solid body check from Colin Miller and was laid flat in the ice. The stretcher was needed, and... Um, Thumbs up were uh, was shown from him as he left on the stretcher, and then later he tweeted out a picture of himself with another thumbs up saying that he was okay. Yeah, we're very happy for that. Injuries, I don't want any injuries to, you know. They they, they suck. Period. But I, I you know just to real quick just to say something about that game. The the drunks behind me at that game were just annoying. I couldn't believe the stuff that I was hearing, like people saying, "I hope he's dead." You know, it's I. I Holy crap! Yeah, it was bad. I I literally had to turn around and say, "You guys are really screwed up." You, yeah, you know, you just that's, don't. That's something you don't want to hear, especially like with with how much like like love there is around the NHL with charity and all that kind of stuff. Like to hear that from a bunch of fans is just stupid. Yeah, it was very classless in my opinion, and um, they were just annoying drunks all throughout the game. Yeah. But what was what was weird is I I missed the play. I was I don't know what I was looking at, but my wife Courtney saw it and she said it was a clean hit, and I'm like, okay, I can't wait to see the replay. They didn't show a replay at all. Yeah. And I went out to go get another beer for uh, the both of us, and I, I asked the beer dude, um, why why won't they show a replay? And it's like, if they show a replay and the fans don't agree with it, it's going to be mayhem in here. So, And to the point of that, that's also why they ejected Miller. Yeah. was Not only was the hit and they thought that it was it was a little egregious, but... Um, the fact is that it could be a, ter- uh, a a momentum swing for Phoenix or Arizona. I'm sorry to come over and and retaliate, and and then it's just the, the game could get out of hand. So they they took that element out of the game, which I thought was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. 
I, I think I think it was more along them lines that they didn't want. They knew, especially with a guy going off on a stretcher, and the players don't know what's happening. Like they're not getting told on the bench. Oh, he's fine. Like they don't know if he's hurt or not. Going to the hospital, so they're going to go out and try and take a piece. Yeah. Of Colin Miller, and you don't want to see that happen. So I'm kind of glad he got took out, especially when guys like Shane Doan are on the ice, and that guy's known for throwing a big hit. Like, plus Colin Miller's known for having his head down a few times behind the back of the net. So, right. I, I'm kind of glad they got chucked out of the game. Um, I, I don't think it was definitely a clean hit. Uh, it was a suicide pass straight to the blue line. And the guy had his head down, um, which. To me, kind of shows you the difference in level of European hockey to North America, because mm-hmm. Bamistrov's only been in, in the North American game, I think, two years. So, uh, either two or three, I think it was we Winnipeg for two. Yep. But it, like, it just shows when you're learning, when you when you're young, over in like places like Russia and Sweden and stuff. It, it seems to be that they think they've got more ice to skate. And the defense aren't going to step up as much, and it's not as physical. But like the, in North America now, you, you have your head down like that, you're getting rocked. We've seen it a few times. Absolutely. But was it that game that um, there was the? Oh, I, I can't remember if it was even the Bruins game. Do you see that video of someone went to bat the puck uh, puck out of midair and they got nailed? I did not. I can't remember what player it was, but it just reminded me of the David Pasternak thing with... Uh, oh, with, with Ryan McDonough? Girardi. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was I think Daniel it, Girardi. Yeah, Dan Girardi. Yeah, it just reminded me of that. I thought it was that game, but I don't think it was. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that hit was definitely clean. Right. Like, and right. it was good to see that, like, the next day they, was, like, they were saying straight away, like, there'll be no hearing or anything. Yep. Because yeah, sometimes you're waiting like two days just to find out if you're going to be down a player. So. And it's it's too bad because Colin, in, in, the, in the small sample size that he was playing in that game, he was playing outstanding. I mean, he had a oh, yeah. really sweet goal uh, sneaking down into the hash marks um, to, uh, I think it was like, it wasn't a full slap shot. It was like more of a snapshot and yeah. like, put it in the back of the net, which was nice. And it's good to see him um, playing well lately. Yeah, it is. But although uh, it's scary with the expansion draft. Yeah, I know, I know. But. Sooner or later, we do have to sit down um, and do some homework on the expansion draft and talk about um, our picks of uh, protected players and unprotected players, and maybe we'll get court involved um, next week to do that. All three of us will kind of have a yeah. have an opinion about it if it's. But I, did cool. you see that thing the other day at the deadline? You know when they allowed um, they allowed Las Vegas to take calls in the last hour. I, I that's complete crap to me. You know what I mean? I don't. I you don't have a team. You don't have a roster. Yeah, but they were saying that um, like teams are allowed to call about draft picks, like draft picks, but also talk about. Um, like the expansion draft and players that they may be looking at. Right. Isn't that kind of because, inside information? Yeah, but I mean, I, I think it's because I think some people are really worried about certain players and whether they should trade them now 
like a, I mean, not Kevin Shattenkirk because he was UFA, mm-hmm. but anyone who's got like another year on the term is eligible for this draft. Right. So, I mean, there must be teams going out there going, right, is this guy, is this guy on your radar or is he not? Because we need to ditch him now if he is. See, the weird thing about this whole situation in the expansion <laughs> draft, and I know we're getting off topic a little bit, but yeah, it's... To me, if I was Don Sweeney, I'd be like, oh, I'm probably not going to protect Adam McQuaid. And what do you feel but about then you, that? But and, then you have to because he has – doesn't he have a limited no trade? Nope. He's got nothing oh, he's, on his contract. Yeah. So, so, you, all right, so Don Sweeney just says, I, um, um, we're, gonna, we're not going to protect Adam McQuaid. And then – you feel what the what um I don't remember the GM's name. He was the former GM of the Washington Capitals. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. But yeah, regardless. he kept saying GM GM, so I don't know who GM GM is. Who me? No, it says uh, it was saying on the Twitter. Oh. The GMGM. Oh, George, so George McPhee. There you go. George McPhee. Um, and then George McPhee goes, oh, yeah, yeah, well, blah, blah, blah. You know. And then they show interest in Adam McQuaid. What, what's, to, what's to say the Bruins don't all of a sudden go, wow, they really want Adam McQuaid. Now we have to protect him. Yeah. You know, can you, can you do that? I mean, that's the whole inside information kind of thing that I, I don't get about this whole expansion draft and how you can make deals without even having a, a franchise, yeah. I mean, a, a roster yet. But I don't think anyone knows what's happening until it happens because I've seen so many different people saying totally different things. And right. guys who are meant to be in the know, like guys who do this for a career. Right. So... Well, I, I don't know. It's going to be a learning process moving forward for both of us. So yeah. I'm probably going to do a lot of reading about it uh, during the week. Yeah, but uh, to get back onto the the last week's um, games, uh, Thursday night they played the New York Rangers and they lost two to one. Um, I thought that they were the better team, but they got a hot goaltender in uh, in Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, he yeah. was he was just outstanding. Um, I, a game like that, and I and I, t- I told a lot of people that were, were, were simply freaking out about a loss. Um, you know, number one, you're seven and two against the, uh, uh, you know, with Bruce Cassidy in the fold now. Uh, so those are good numbers and, and positive direction moving forward. But another thing that I, I, I keep telling people is uh, teams in the Metro division – uh, please accept those losses because that division is just simply outstanding this year. Yeah. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. I know a loss sucks and people don't like it, but um, you, you can't you can't go the rest of the season, um, you know, on, on a on a super streak and not expect yeah. a game like that to happen. And and it's probably going to happen again this year. So be ready for it. But at that stage, we were, we were seven and two after that game. Yep. And the way people were talking, you'd think we were like four and six. Yeah, exactly. Like, it just didn't make sense at some of the things people were saying, and especially the way the way people seem to like. It's like the the season started, 
and something went wrong and straight away that was your player to pick on for the rest of the year. Yep. Like that's what it seems like to me. That's how fans have been. Um, I, 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 there's excuses for some players. Jimmy Hayes, yeah. Uh, he doesn't Matt get Bileski. a pass. He doesn't Matt get Bileski, a pass. Yeah. Well, to me, he kind of does due to like injuries and stuff. But at the same time, no. Um, but the ones that I don't get is guys like Kevin Miller. Yeah. He's been great this year. Like the times that he's played, he's actually been really good. Mm-hmm. He's just one of those guys that he's not going to put up points. He's not going to do flashy plays. But, but at he, the same he, time, he he has done sometimes. Yeah. That he, that goal where he went behind the net, curled round and scored. Yeah. <laughs> like we never expected that from a stay-at-home defenseman. So as much as but, I'm not a middle a Miller fan, you, you know, lately. Um, even before the the Julian firing, I've seen a change in his game. And you, when you're on the ice, you you know his presence. Yeah. You know, so I mean, he does add value to the game, whether it's on the uh, point sheet or not. Plus, I loved his. Uh, I loved last year. A lot of people like said that he wasn't skating well, and his skating game needed improving. And then he went to the off season, and like like David Pasternak, like guys like that, he worked his ass off on it. Yep. And now you're seeing those improvements, and it it is there. He's faster. He's a lot faster than he was. Uh, he's a lot more stable than he was in his own end as well. He's not getting pushed off the puck for such a big guy. So, I mean, there's guys there that should that should be praised and don't. There's guys there that get praised and shouldn't be. So, I mean, now we're eight and two, and I honestly think that firing was the greatest thing to happen this to this team in the last five years. Absolutely. Uh, and to end the week, uh, yesterday, last night, the Bruins played at home, the uh, New Jersey Devils, and pulled out the two-point victory, 3-2. Uh, to two. Uh, Anton Hudobin got the call in net. I thought he played um, good. You know, he, there was some there was some challenging shots that, uh, you know, he, he one, I know one of them, he made the save, but the rebound just kind of, you know, there's nothing you can do. When you're stretched out side to side, you, you just don't have time to get up in time. Was that the one, like, off his skate? Yeah. The, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what and I'm talking about. They're so lucky. Like, Hall mishandles the puck. Yep. Like, as he's going to pass, he mishandles it, loses it. And as he gets it back, Char has already moved. Like, th- there was nothing they could do on that play. That was just pure luck. And it... Someone said... Um, there were a fan on Twitter of New Jersey that said, what a shot block by um, Hall. And I was like, Hall has never done a shot block on purpose in his entire life. <laughs> and, like, he was just skating in the lane. And, like, that's another example of Carlo being a rookie. Like, did you see it? The puck looked like it was going to cross the blue line. So he just fired it on net. Yep. And you're like, that, that's when you should play it down the boards. Yep. That's when guys like Adam McQuaid and Kevin Miller are, are awesome because they do the little play that you don't you don't give them credit for. But then you get guys like Tory Crew, Brandon Carlo, who will put the puck to a dangerous position, like in the center. And that's when breakaways happen. 
And so it, to touch to touch on that on last night's game, um, McQuaid, I, I'm not. Yeah. Did you do you watch the game? Uh, I watched the condensed the first, highlights. No, I watched like the first period and a half. Fell asleep and then watched the highlights this morning. All right, there was a, there was a play that he was tied up coming back, and it looked like he had his arm around him. And what does he do? He spreads his arms out like. I'm not being penalized, yeah. but lets the guy go, and then yeah. it creates a two-on-one. You know, I I don't understand that that part of the game. It's like don't worry about, you know, I mean, of course you in the back of your mind you want to not get a penalty, but don't sell it off, and and let the guy just go. The situations like that, you you just have to plaster him against the boards. Yeah, you know, and and if you get a penalty, get a penalty. But and 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 lately, even this week, even these past games this week, the officiating has sucked. Yeah, it's been terrible. It does, and I I, I think a lot of the times when you do that whole oh don't look at me, like the whole like spread your arms away from the guy. Yeah, um, that's the time that you're gonna get penalized, or the linesman's gonna look at you and go, hang on, he just did something. Yes, Quick. exactly. Penalty. You're selling it big time. Yeah. And well, and, and and another thing I can't stand is when like offsides. Yeah. Let 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 the linesman do his job, if he can see it. Don't yeah. don't like I hate when people raise their arms, and then they stop skating. I mean, you have <laughs> to play to the whistle. You're not the linesman. You're not a zebra out there. You're not one of the idiots that makes the calls. Let them do the job. I hate. I um, saw. The, I saw that uh, in one of the games last week. Uh, Chara, he puts his arms up and he looks back at the at the at the dude and at the uh, referee linesman. I'm sorry, and it's just like, the, and then the player went right around him. It was just yeah. ridiculous. But the thing is, as well, you're likely to just create frustration from that linesman for the rest of the game if you're like, "Why are you not doing your job right?" Right. So just just leave him. But also, we didn't mention either uh, the addition of Drew Stafford in this game. I was going to talk about that as soon as I got done. We definitely we'll, we'll t- no problem. We'll touch on the uh, the trade deadline in just a moment. Um, just wanted to in that New Jersey game, Ryan Spooner uh, got a goal, which is awesome. But it was also yeah. his two hundredth NHL career game. Um, That's awesome. Yep, and he's. He's been doing good, and um, so let's just let's just go real quick. the uh, The Bruins ahead have three games uh, this coming week. Um, start tomorrow night against the Ottawa Senators in Ottawa, uh, and the Bruins uh, start the first game of three against this team uh, going down the stretch. Uh, Ottawa sits in second in the division, and and in the last ten they're six four and zero. Oh. Uh, the last Last time these two teams played was way back in November 24th when the Sens beat the uh, Bees uh, by the score of 3-1. to one. In 131 career games in modern time, this is the, the new Senators, not the old Senators. Yeah. Um, I lost where I was on my notes. There we go. Uh, the Bees have a 74-39 and 39 record. And have a twenty-seven and twenty record at Canadian Tire Center. So, 
Hopefully they can pull out a big road win as the Bees have been a decent road team this season. Uh, Wednesday night, it's the NBC rivalry night on March 8th against the Detroit Red Wings, who are out of the playoff picture as of now and are in jeopardy of missing out of this postseason for the first time in 25 years. And that's another game I'm going to. And I got some sweet tickets from my boss at work who uh, commended me on my job, thinks I'm working hard, and I have to agree with him. But uh, he gave me four tickets to bring whoever I want. I And preferably there were three, uh, there were me and two other co-workers. And I, have to, I had to bring Courtney because they're like Section 10, Row nine with a, with a Bruin shoot twice on the side. So super pumped about that. Pictures to follow. And to end the week, uh, huge matchup uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers, who are still somewhat in the playoff picture. Um, but there's a game at 1 o'clock, and there's a tight Eastern Conference. So um, Detroit looks like they're out of it, but... Who knows with so many games left, and Philly is definitely a player in that too. So, yeah. Do you know what's funny about the Ottawa game? What's that? Uh, this will be the first time that we'll play Alex Burrows more than three times a season. Yeah. <laughs> and, I don't know uh, how that guy gets a job. That that guy's on fire at the moment. Is he? Yeah. So uh, it, so, so it, it scored it's, two goals in his Ottawa debut. So it took a it took a trade out of uh, uh, Vancouver to get this guy on fire. Yeah, That's I funny. mean, it is crazy. But uh, I, I was going to touch on one thing. Go for it about uh, about the uh, the game last night. If Peter Kleherik had like if he hadn't. Like had that goal taken away from him last week, and he hadn't hit the post the three times I think it is that he's been up. He's he would have one. he would have more goals than Jimmy Hayes, <laughs> and he's only been up like what ten games. Yeah, that is crazy. It is, but actually, he'd have wouldn't he have more goals than Matt Bolesky as well? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, entry level deal too. Isn't that sad? It is. Uh, the 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 good thing is, the guys are there in the pipeline. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, it's where you're gonna put them, where you place them, who you're gonna let go, additions by subtractions. Uh, it's gonna be a very interesting summer, and and you know, like we talked about so many times before, like the Providence Bruins next season are poised to be stacked with with yeah. eligible players that are ready to make a transition into the pro level. Yeah, but the good thing is there's also two teams in the league, well, technically three, that will take bad contracts. You've got Arizona, who have room and probably aren't going to be adding any players in come free agency um, because they're in what looks like a total rebuild now right. after getting rid of Martin Hansel. Um, you've then got the Vancouver Canucks, who went on a fire sale. Um who no one was expecting to actually try and rebuild. So they'll probably take an Adam McQuaid or a Kevin Miller's contract, maybe a Jimmy Hayes. Um, and then you've got Las Vegas coming into the league. Mm-hmm. 
And you've got to think that most of the players that they're going to take uh, in in the draft are going to be guys who are like what bottom six, like bottom pairing defensemen. There's no one there that's going to be big cap guys. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Oh, so I, all right. Here's here's something weird, and you and you and you, perfect segue for this question. If you're gonna take on guys that don't play huge roles now because they're unprotected and teams want to move them, you still have a, a cap floor that the NHL mandates. Yeah. So by getting players that are not in your top tier. In, in contracts, I mean, it's, it just seems to me like Vegas is going to have to take on like fifty players just to get to the get to the um, the mandated floor. Well, the, the I'm seriously going to have to look well, in. I'm going to have to look more into this, but it's just a curious everyone, question. All the players that they they have to take on have to have term on the contract. Okay, so it can't be someone who's a pending RFA or UFA. Um, it can't be anyone on an entry level deal. Um. But it can be guys on two-way deals, which is weird. Um, well, they, they probably met the required games, the two-way yeah. players. But at the same time, they're allowed to hit free. They're allowed to go to free agency, which you may see some NHLers that aren't worth anywhere near the money they're about to be paid. Like there could be a guy out there that gets paid five million just to reach the cap, cap floor. Because they have to, they have to reach the floor right by the start of the season. Or, you, have or to, he fines and and um, uh, forfeit games. You lose, yeah, you lose draft picks as well, don't you? Oh, I'm not sure about that, but there could be. I, I thought, I thought there was a penalty on draft picks as well. Oof, I, I'm not quite sure, but um, it, like, it's just, it's going to be weird. But there's there's good signs as well. I, I think there's. I think we'll hit on it more next week, but there are good sides to the the draft as well. So speaking of weird, um, you touched on earlier that the the Bruins did make a move on free uh, on the trade deadline day. They acquired uh, Drew Strafford from the Winnipeg Jets for a conditional sixth round draft pick. Um, an older player. Not the type of player I was expecting, but um, after his first game, I, I saw a lot of uh, positive things uh, that he could bring to the table. So uh, small sample size. I'm not going to crap on it yet, but uh, he does bring an um, veteran kind of leadership to that line uh, with Spooner. Yeah. I thought they both played very well. Uh, and he, here's here's the funny thing about about, and I love Twitter and I love these guys on Twitter. It just cracks me up. But <laughs> somebody researched that Drew Strafford in one game, I believe he had seven shots last night. Yeah, has more shots than Jimmy Hayes all season. What? I I I I, I could be wrong. I didn't do my homework on it. It, was it might a... be shots on net. Okay, but not total because, shots. Yeah, because I, 
that guy hits glass a lot. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think it, it could be shots on net, but okay. I'm not 100% sure. I'll have, to, I'll have to look it up. The thing is, though, like, to me, for, for the team we are and the needs we had, that's probably the best trade I saw all deadline. Without, like, we saw some veteran GMs just go nuts and spend. We saw, like, some of the newer GMs go for that whole fire sale thing mm-hmm. in Arizona and everything. But, I mean, to me, a conditional six that could turn into a fourth if we go deep. I think it's second round of the playoffs, if I'm yep. not yep. wrong. Yeah. So, like, if we get to the second round, it turns into a fourth, which isn't going to be that, like, good anyway. Because it's not a deep draft. Right. And you've made the playoffs, which means that the pick's going to be mid-20s anyway. Right. So, I mean... In the long run, the way you're thinking about it, yes, that was a good move. Plus, like, I I see them re-signing him next year. Now, here's my my issue with that, Rob, and I, I don't mean to cut you off. But did you see his salary? He's, he's, he does make $4.3 million this season. Now, yeah. with the remaining games with the Bruins, it's down to $600,000, which is a cap-friendly move right now. Yeah. The cap. But that guy's not going to want $4 million next season. So you think he'd take a pay cut? Yeah, because wasn't his last contract like a five-year deal? Yes, it was. And he was traded from Buffalo to Winnipeg. To, yes, yes. And I believe that was the Tyler Myers deal. Yeah. yeah. So if, if you're coming off a five-year deal, that would have made him, what, 26 when he signed it? Yep. Well, like, that guy was actually quite good when he was 26. Bruins killer. Drafted in the first round, I think 13th overall. Yep. Like, you've just got a first-round draft pick who's in his, like, low 30s for a 6th round pick you've not gone out there and got like a a grinder like like we paid less for this guy than we paid for the uh, Zach Ronaldo you're right exactly like this is an an amazing trade I don't think people see it like that I think unless you tell them like oh you remember Zach Ronaldo who's down in the AHL and not really doing anything well we paid more for him like what? Right. What more do you want? But the thing is, he had a he had a really good game. He showed like what kind of player he's going to be, and to me, the player that he's going to be is exactly what we're expecting from Jimmy Hayes. What What I saw from from Drew last night was um, his exceptional net front presence as a winger. Yeah, um, around the net. He's he's a, he's a big guy. He's strong, um, and it's it really sucked that he that that goal got taken away because that was uh, going back on the terrible officiating. Yeah. Um. I I can't believe they waved that off, but that was a that was their team's player like right. sticked his own goalie into the net. Right. So that that was stupid. But but I, for, um, for anyone who hadn't seen it, so. But along the boards, I thought he played well. I thought he skated good. Um, and, and like I said uh, a little while ago, he played very well with Ryan Spooner. 
Yeah. And they and both seem to complement each other very um, very well. That assist on that goal was a really clever like slap pass. Right. Because it was he looked at the net while making the pass and kind of faked it as a shot. And you saw the goaltender kind of stand there expecting it to come to him and it didn't. But like I'm not expecting I'm not saying this guy is like Rick Nash type no. power forward. No, but but uh, in but, my opinion it it shows good, you know, it, it was a good debut. It wasn't like he was um a deer in headlights lost. I mean, he he yeah. immediately he you know, he wasn't going to play in the in the in the Thursday game. No. Um so, you know, you get him in, get a practice, get him to know the players and then you start, you know, you play him last night. Um and to come out and get the first star. I thought that yeah. was that was uh, really cool. Yeah, that I, I, a lot of people are going to call that a gift, but at the same time it was deserved that it was one of the stars. Yeah, but when you when you earn it, you absolutely yeah. should take that. Take it and run. Yeah. yeah. But um like I was saying, this is a guy. Can you remember that thing that I posted in the uh, the Facebook group about um, which team was it now, and how they were they were kind of complimenting the young guys with older guys? I do remember what you said, but I don't yeah. remember what it was. And and I said this is how I would love to see the Bruins rebuild, having young stars with veteran talent yep. on each line, and I think bringing him into play with. Vetrano, who is the same kind of player as him, except a bit smaller. Um, like he, he's very much he likes to throw his body about. He's quite, uh, he's not the fastest skater, like Drew Stafford is. Um, but it's good to have a guy like that come in and teach younger kids. Sure, and he'll be a good presence on that line. I, I really do think he'll take. He'll probably take less than Hayes does. Right. If you ask me, because he's an older guy, probably he's not going to find as much anywhere else. So, and when a team pays for you, like draft, uh, trades for you, and pays a draft pick, you kind of a, a lot of players feel like they owe that team when it comes to re-signing. So, plus it looks like he's enjoying himself on the team. Even yeah, though it's only one game. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward so. to seeing uh, a bigger sample size tomorrow night in Ottawa. Oh yeah. When they're going to need um, all twenty players, uh, and that's a that's a nasty rivalry game as well. Yeah, it is. It is. It definitely has become um, one to watch. Um, and um, I, I wish I found these numbers. I, I wasn't. I was on hockeyreference.com, dot com, which is usually a good source for me to figure out what what stats. And um, but lately, it seems like Ottawa has been the spoiler. Uh, when they play the Bruins, so I expect a a hard fought game. Yeah, but they're also down Mark Stone and Bobby Ryan still on. Right, right. So that that's two like top line forwards that are out for them. So hopefully we, we pounce on that because we have done with a few other teams when they've been missing out key players. We've attacked them areas very well. So. I'm hoping we do the same against them. Um, next up, I wanted to um, talk about David Backus. Um, obviously, this is his first year uh, uh, as a Bruin. 
Um, so far, so good. I mean, um, I thought we'd see a lot more points, but at 32 years old, I wasn't expecting miracles. But I got to tell you, the this stat kind of blew me away. Um, he's leading the team with 175 hits this season. Yeah. And I thought that was impressive. But the, uh, hit, the hit on Adam McQuaid up. last night, <laughs> with his skate to the face, yeah, was a uh, friendly fire that was um, uh, scary. Mm. Uh, Adam McQuaid receives twenty five stitches. No good. No, it wasn't good. I I absolutely cannot stand those. I watched the replay, and, and you you know how you get those chills, that feeling like yeah. it's happening to you, and oh. I I, yeah, I mean I nice. I just go back to the the eighties when Clint Malarchuk took a skate to the throat as a goaltender in Buffalo. Oh and, yeah, uh, and he was, was just pouring on the oh, ice. Oh, it was a terrible. And yeah. As a as a young kid, that's that's pretty frightening. As a hockey player, you know, going to your next game, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hopefully Adam's okay. Um, I don't. I have not heard anything about. Him missing tomorrow's game of 25 stitches is a pretty big gash. From what I saw, it said he'll play. The guy's a uh, tank. I'm not, a, I'm not a huge McQuaid fan. I, I'm not, but he he does bring a freaking level of toughness. I gotta, I, gotta, I have to admit that. Well, you do, you do love the McGlass um, reference. I do. To I, I do. I, I will hash, hashtag McGlass a lot, but... But with that, with his style of play, you're bound to get injured. Exactly. That's what I always say. The way, blocking shots and stuff like that, the the kind of things that the Malore line were known for and everything, like you're guaranteed pain if you're going to stand in front of 100-mile-an-hour rubber. Right. Like, and especially McQuaid's that kind of guy who will go into the corner and have a bit of rough stuff for fun with another player so i mean sometimes it's worrying especially with his like pay grade um but i i I like his play i like what he does but at the same time i wouldn't pay him the price that they paid him exactly yeah uh interesting stat on um on twitter and i i love this guy that does that that does these stats uh at bruin stats oh yeah um, this one was really good. He, uh, he says, "How possessed is Bergeron since Julian firing? Out of 324 NHL forwards, listen to this: Bergeron's first in expected goals against. He's second in face-off percentage. And eleventh in shots on goal. That's crazy, right? Don't tell me the people, the 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 sacred." Julian um, lovers that this change did not do anything for this team. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Yeah, it did. You can see it. Um, just like touching on what you said earlier, 25 points in 10 games from the defensive core. And that sample size of 10 games can you go back to any of the seasons in that stretch and see 20 25 points being brought up while julian was still here 
I mean, I really yeah. haven't dived into the whole research project on this, but I don't remember. Here's some other good stats for you as well. Uh, in fifth in points is Brad Marchand, tied with Brent Burns and only two points behind Sidney Crosby. Which is insane. It is. Uh, he now has 29 goals, 38 assists on the year. Um, still in in the top 10 as well. The only person who has more penalty minutes than him is Avenger Malkin. <laughs> wow. Uh, so that's pretty funny. Um, and then if you go further down, where's he gone? Oh, I'm on uh I was trying to look for goals. There we go. Um so he has twenty nine and then in assists, I think it was. Brad Marchand thirty eight, yeah. And so to touch on that, to touch on what you just said. Yeah. Brad Marchand leads the NHL in points since the turn of the calendar on January first. Isn't that amazing? Now, now this is a player that got an, 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 a decent contract extension and, yeah. and is getting paid, for, in my opinion, every penny he's worth. But what, what surprises me about that is you've been a fan for a long time, and I know the listeners out there know exactly what I'm talking about. When certain players get what they want, there's that year that they they feel like they're comfortable and and have like a kind of a slump. Yeah. This is not Brad Marchand. This oh. is this is a guy possessed uh, to be great and fulfill uh, his time here in Boston, and I believe he will do that. Uh, and he's, but he's at a, the same at the same time. When was the last time we had a point per game player on our team? I don't. I, I'd have to go back to the. Oh my God! One of the. Either the 10, 11, or 12 seasons. Was it Recky? I, was Recky the I thought it was Krejci. And maybe Krejci, yeah. But I could be but, wrong. As well, uh, David Pasternak in 58 games has 54 points. I know. Uh, Contract 26 goals. Yeah, 26 goals, 28 assists. 26 penalty minutes. That's one thing about the Bruins that a lot of the forwards have big penalty minutes compared right. to the people around them. I'm telling uh, you. But at the same that... time, like, David Pasternak, 26 goals. Phil Kessel, 21 goals. Like, if you look at players that are getting paid a hell of a lot more, like, Artemi Panarin only has 20 goals. Right, man. Yeah. And he's played more games. Like... Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, 28 goals. He has two more goals than David Pasternak. And he's meant to be an elite scorer. Right. So I'm, I'm pretty sure the offensive side of things is starting to work now for the Bruins. Oh, yeah. It's, so it's, I will not be worried about that. It's definitely exciting to watch lately that, you know, like I said with Brad Moshan, that the, the turn of the calendar, he's picked it up offensively point-wise. I've also seen, as a team, this group uh, pick it up offensively since that time, too. So, 
I mean, I, I do remember like the first half of the season, you, you, you really got a lot of those two to one, three to two, one nothing games that were yeah. frustrating to watch because you know, they were they were just shooting at the at the crest in the chest of yeah. the goaltenders and weren't creating any opportunities to get anything or, or look at any holes. Well I mean more or less they were they were pretty much like taught to to aim for the chest and make sure somebody's there to be the, to tip it in. Yeah. And you take the shot when nobody's there. The goalie's going to eat it up all the time. You know, if he can see it, he's going to save it. It's, it's it, these these guys are just that good. Well, we've gone we've gone back to 2011 Bruins where the whole thing that season was put shots on the net and goals will come. Right. That doesn't work anymore. What because was the... most of the goalies around the league are like nine foot tall and wear the biggest pads ever. I'm probably going to hack this, but Wayne Gretzky back in the day said, you, oh boy. Are you trying to say you score 0% of the shots you don't take? Thank you, sir. That's why you are the best co-host. Because I just went had a brain fart and didn't remember that. Yeah. So, see what happens when you don't write everything down when you're an old man. I think it's something along their lines, that lines, or like you you miss a hundred percent of the shots you, you don't, don't take. take. That's the one yeah, right there. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, everything is starting to come good, and especially when you watch it against New Jersey. They're still playing the trap system. And this is are. one of the reasons they are still, like, they're not bottom feeders because they can beat teams using the trap. Yep. But at the same time, they're never going to make it to the playoffs right. being a trap team. So it was, that's why, to me, that was one of the most frustrating games because it's hard to play the trap. It's really hard to play against the trap. But that offense just broke through and got there, so... It was good to see that. Definitely. Oh, um, I'm trying to think if there's some anything else that we need to talk about. Oh, um, talking of the deadline, just quickly. Yep. There was uh, oh, two oh, players yeah, yeah, yeah. that good. there was two players that were mentioned that were meant to come to the Bruins but didn't. Great segue, sir. Yeah, and. Oh my god, is it ever good to find out that there was two players meant to come and we didn't pay for them. One of them was Radim Favrada from the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. And as much as I would like to see a player, he still got it. He's an yeah. older player, um, offensively gifted. He's got a hell of a release. Oh my god, does he snap that puck off. Yep. Lots of good attributes for an older player. And would probably fit in nicely uh, in Boston. What I didn't like about this, and 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 coming out during the day, I was listening at work that um, he has contract stipulations that um, state that if he goes to the playoffs, now if he's traded to the Bruins and they go to the first round. He automatically gets two hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus, yeah. and then the next round, it's another. Every round he gets is another two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Now, sure. for the people that don't understand how contracts work, when the Bruins take on a contract, they take on those the remainder, the yeah. remainder of everything, the stipulations, the contract stipulations, the everything. 
So, and that's all capable. Yep. So, and another one, another thing that didn't happen that isn't the other guy, Jerome McGinley didn't come to the Bruins. He did not. He went, he to, went the to the LA Kings. Kings. Oh my God. I know. That is, I, I was expecting like Iginler or Yager to come back. Well, I wouldn't have minded Yager this season, but right. not Iginler. Not again. I mean, his his point production has definitely slowed down as an as an older player. Yeah. Um. He 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 was even if he was with the Bruins, you're not going to see what you saw that 30 goal season that he had yeah. here. Um. I I still I, and I know that the loyal listeners remember me saying this back in the uh, a while ago that this system favored Aginla's game. Because he did yeah. get those dirty goals. Now, when he played for Pittsburgh the year before, he didn't have numbers like that at all. And then yeah. when he went to the Colorado Avalanche after that, he still didn't have those numbers. So I just don't, I just don't see that with him. I, I believe he's 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 out to try one more time. Um, I'm, I mean. I mean, L.A. did win the Cup as an eight seed, so the, the, there's a potential yeah. there to. To, to do it again, I don't see it happening. No, uh, I don't. Will Aginla try again somewhere else? Uh, it's hard to be, it's hard to, uh, remains to be seen. But, you know, I, I wish the guy the best of luck. I like L.A. too, but having Jonathan Quick back is a, a big, a big stepping stone at this time of the year, so. And trading for Bishop. Yeah, which was, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about the trades that went on. And, and we'll touch on that one. Uh, Bishop to the uh, LA Kings for, um, I think it was draft picks, and and Peter Budai. Yeah. Which I thought Peter Budai was having an outstanding a career year. Yeah. This guy yeah. never had numbers like that at his age. And just to, to, you know, rip him out for a rental backup. Yeah. I don't think the LA Kings are going to have enough money to re-sign Bishop. I, I don't. I didn't understand that. I think it was they weren't a hundred percent sure if Quick, uh, Quick was a hundred percent right. Um, and do they really believe that Buda is going to keep it going till the end of the season? Probably not. But at the same time, is if I was Buda, I would be pissed. I would be so pissed. You're right. getting taken out of a team that you were dominating with. Yep. Well, not dominating, but he he was playing out of his mind. It was a big part of that LA Kings season with yeah. Quick going down in the first game. And when, you, when you're in a playoff picture and you've got a guy who's never really been known as a starter, um, like he's been, a, he's been known as a backup for, what, four or five years? Oh, yeah. Around the league. So, I mean, like... He's a good goaltender, but I wouldn't have him up there as one of the guys who'd take your team to the playoffs. Um, so that was crazy. Um, some of the trades that happened around the league. Um, let's let's hit on the Shattenkirk one. Oh my god! Yeah, the now, worst trade. I know. I know. I, you know what? Good for Washington. They're 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 building up to do something this year, and I believe that they really think that. This could possibly be the year for a long cup run. Yeah. Now, here's my thing about about this. The the the, the Capitals, I believe, gave up 
more than the Coyotes did in, in bringing Hansel to the Wild. Um, is it the Wild? No, uh, the Wild play, paid more for Hansel. Right, I, I'm sorry, that's what I meant. they did for Shattenkirk, yeah. Yeah, yeah so he did go so, to the Wild. Yeah, so they, like, Washington kind of got him for a bit of a steal. Um, but there was a a rookie involved. I can't remember what his name is. Uh, but at the same time, like, I, I can see why they're doing it. Like, they, they're they desperate for that cup. Right. Uh, they're always there in the preseason. They want to get it while Ovi's still there. Um, and I think y- you've got to do that. If you make the playoffs, like, five years in a row and you're a dominant team and then you just fade away, like, you, you've got to sell the future for it now. You, I, you have to if you're that team. I do agree with that. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Like, the Bruins is a different thing. We're, we're like a fringe team. You, there's no point in selling your first-round pick for, like, a rental guy who you're not going to re-sign, blah, blah, blah. Whereas... Washington could win it. Like they have the team to win it now, so but like like I was saying before with Crew, is Shattenkirk really worth what they paid? Like is all the hype about Shattenkirk there? I, I'm not I'm not buying into it. I I'm Plus, definitely not buying into it. And, and and if you look at that if you look at the trade and, and what was involved, if the Bruins were definitely in on that, they would sell big. Yeah. You know, and because the Bruins are one of the uh, the biggest franchises right now that have stockpiled um, yeah. valuable assets, developing assets that teams are, are thirsty for. So, um, yeah. and, and while you're rebuilding, you don't want to give up those those uh, those concrete blocks of of the franchise that are going to be good in the future. So, yeah, and uh, when it comes to free agency. Where do you think Shattenkirk is going to go? I don't know. I, See, I was listening to the Steve Dangle podcast. I love that guy. Um, yeah, I, big fans of the show. Um, and they were saying that in his Twitter uh, bio, it says, uh, New York boy. Well, he's from Greenwich, Connecticut. Yeah, so it says, like, New York boy, player for the Washington Capitals, blah, blah, blah. But everyone thinks that he's going to go to the Rangers. It's a good possibility. It all depends I, on their cap structure, too, at the end of the season. Yeah. He's, well, he's not going Islanders. I don't see him. I don't think he'll go there because there's fear that they might go somewhere else. But I doubt it. Um, but what, but I, I, think, I think he's destined to go to the Rangers. I really do. So you think it's, it, So right now it's a rental situation that he's going through. Yeah, and, and they, there's no way he resigns in Washington unless yeah, they give up a ton, a few players, right? Yeah. And if they don't so. win the cup, it's that was just a complete waste. So definitely, St. Louis won that. Yeah, hands down, without a doubt. But um, it's it's one of them like that that dra- uh, the rookie that they got is kind of what the Bruins did, where we got like a. Colin Miller type where not a lot of people had heard of him because he hadn't been around the NHL 
Um, the only one that I remember and I pay attention to was Phoenix Copley, the the goaltender. Yeah, he, he was involved and he in had that. that insane save like a, a few weeks ago. Right. Uh, that was funny because I, I just sent my friend the video of the Phoenix Copley save, and like. Uh, about three hours later, that trade happened, and all I saw was the Phoenix Copley thing, and I was like, "Hang on a minute, what?" <laughs> but um, yeah, if he was traded because of that highlight reel save, that is awesome. But um, yeah, like just around the league, it it wasn't, it didn't really feel like trade deadline to me. You know what? I was I listened to a lot of podcasts, as everybody knows, and Sirius XM NHL Radio at work, and you know it. The hype, the hype was just so built up, and there weren't really those big blockbuster deals that we were we are used to seeing from the past. Yeah. And w- whether you throw in the expansion draft uh, scenario, uh, the 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 NHL entry draft uh, being weak uh, scenario, it's just it just didn't feel. I was I was hyped up. I couldn't breathe on most of the day on Wednesday because I was waiting for Don Sweeney. To pull another bonehead move, but you know, I'm I'm happy. I'm real happy. They stood firm. They yeah. made a deal and they acquired an asset that that is good for the, um, a learning aspect for younger players. He adds value to a team on the third line, but didn't give up a ton of the farm to get a player like that. Yeah, but I'll t- but I'll tell you one thing. Oh, sorry, you go on. Uh, well, I'll just let me finish this real quick. They, does this mean that this is going to set up for an interesting free agency, though, and draft? Yeah. Because if, if the Bruins think that they're this close right now, yeah. what are they going to do to get that extra step um, next season? See, to me, if, if the guy that they don't want is isn't there in the first round or if he's taken earlier on in the first round trade that first round pick for someone who's closer to being ready mm-hmm. like i'd love to see them go out and get like some ahl talent that's like someone who was drafted in the first round like three years ago who's not yet made it to the nhl right because there is guys out there that are like that that are just they're just now having the first season in the ahl after coming out of juniors there's guys out there that that could be something, and I'm gonna. When it comes to the draft episode, I'm gonna go out there and look at some guys who were drafted a few years ago, who are still in the AHL. Yep. Because I, I really think that the Bruins are gonna at least make one trade at the uh, draft. Yeah, I believe so too. I think a lot of teams are gonna be prepared to make a lot of moves at that particular day in June. Yeah. So I definitely and, be prepared. I mean, it's happened in the past. Yeah, and they can't they can't make a big splash at free agency unless someone bigs traded because they don't have the cap space. Right. They've got David Pasternak and Ryan Spooner to resign. Yep. And limited contract space. If if there's Some, someone's getting bought out, we know that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Great segue to another one that I had a conversation with on Facebook. If you had the choice, all right. Let's let's just put it this way: you have Jimmy Hayes. You have Riley Nash and you have Anton Hudobin, okay? Yep. Now, the league mandates you take one. You can only have one buyout or two buyouts. Mm-hmm. If you have one choice right now, 
Who would it be? Who would I buy out? Yep. Jimmy Hayes. Okay. Now, if you had two choices, who would you buy out? Jimmy Hayes, Ryan Nash. Okay. See, I would do Jimmy Hayes. I would do, on my on my two, I would do Jimmy Hayes and Anton Hudobin. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand Hudobin's doing good. He's 3-0 and since the Julian firing. Playing well. Which is, it's so much better to see than it was for the, for, you know, the first 50-some-odd games. Yeah. But he's still got a year under contract. And I still, I don't, I cannot get behind this guy and think he's going to be this good next season as he gains another year older. Hmm. So, the th- if you the look, thing I, go ahead, oh, go ahead. The thing I think about is, right, you Jimmy Hayes, you got Drew Stafford in his spot. Riley Nash, you can easily bring someone up to play for him. Like, I'd love to see them sign, like, Swartz or someone to a two-way deal and give them a chance on the fourth line. Because it's the fourth line. The guys play, like, what, ten minutes? Not even ten minutes a game? Some of them? Some of them play, like, nine minutes a game. Yeah. Easily let a rookie play that. I mean, put Danton Heinen on that fourth line for the rest of the season. Um, But my thing is, like, is McIntyre ready for the backup role? No. Is Subban ready for the backup role? No. no. Is Vladar ready? Hell no. So who who do you put there? Because there's no one there to sign in free agency now. Well, and I mean, I don't don't really think there is going to be next season. Well, here's here's my point. If if you if you Buy out Jimmy Hayes, which would be an $816,000 buyout. And you yeah. buy out Hudobin his last year, which is $1.2 million. Yeah. And then you take aggressively go after a very – it's the free agent market, if you look on capfriendly.com, for goaltenders is, is actually really good. Again, whether those players want to be a backup is, remain, is gonna be, you know, remains to be seen because a yeah. lot of those guys are starting goaltenders. Whether they make they want a deal or not, that's up to them. But my thing is, Riley Nash can still stay on this team and be that type of player that's going to uh, push an American Hockey League Providence Bruins player in training camp. Now, if Riley Nash wins the job over the kid, then it's a $900,000 last year of, of his contract. If the kid takes over Riley Nash's job, it's nine hundred thousand dollars you can walk away from and throw them through waivers because you know somebody's going to pick them up. Hmm. So yeah, but that's just I, my idea. I don't idea. think anyone really is going to pick him up. They probably won't. But then, then you'd pay nine hundred thousand dollars down in a, the AHL. Yeah, true. He could, he could like play the first line in the AHL. Or right, whatever. right. Um, but yeah, I just I, I didn't. I haven't really looked at who's available. There's next some, year there's some pretty decent names because I know the ones that I looked at were RFAs the guys that I looked at so they're not gonna be there yeah one of, one of your guys was Michael Neuver right yeah and he's and he, he's re-signed. he signed which I believe yeah. was a was a move for the expansion draft I thought that was a sign and trade I really thought he was going well that, that still could happen yeah I, I thought we, you were, like I got that 
thing on my phone that said Michael Neuwirth resigned, and I, I refreshed my phone like six times, expecting <laughs> the next thing to come up being Michael Neuwirth traded, but it didn't. Um, but the, there was two things that surprised me this draft. Uh, the Mark Strike trade twice. Yeah, uh, yeah, he didn't last long. And you've got to think that he did the that was, he did the Martin Jones thing. I guarantee Pittsburgh rang Philly. Philly said no, so they rang Tampa and were like, "Look, do us a deal." Um, but that that was it's good to see them kind of things happening now because rival teams can still pinch players off each other. Um, and then. Uh, what was the other one that I was going to say? Oh, the fact that um, Colorado didn't do anything. And I think that was the main hype around the entire thing, that you, there was these two big players in Landeskog and Duchesne. And they didn't do anything. And they didn't go anywhere. But at the same time, do you think that they got to the the like deadline and finally like snapped out of it and went, hang on. Why are we going to sell two really good players? Like, like they're, they're too young to like go through a full rebuild. It's not like the Bruins. They haven't got like 30-year-old players. Well, to be honest, to me, what I read into what Colorado did was to set them up for um, a lot of movement during this year's entry draft. So you could definitely see one of those two players leave for... Um, future assets as the as the the team is young, like you said, I understand that, but they still yeah. they still need to rebuild and restock. Um, they really, I don't think they, they have a lot of depth uh, with yeah. the 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 monsters team in the AHL, so they might be prepared to do similar what the Bruins did by getting uh, three straight picks in 2015 and kind of you know work with those. Yeah, and I mean. If they're one of them teams that, like, I think if they get Nolan Patrick, then Deshane goes. Yeah. Because you've got a sentiment ready for next year because Nolan Patrick is NHL ready. Um, And there's only, like, there's supposedly only three or four of them that are going to be NHL ready. And yeah. I know two of them, which is Nolan Patrick and Lily Rin. Yep. Um. And I think that Keelan Yamamoto, um, apparently he's going to be quite good. But, um, yeah, like, I think if they get Nolan Patrick, he's probably gone. If they can't get Nolan Patrick and they get someone else like Rasmussen or someone like that, then you might see Landeskog go. Because yeah. <laughs> Ras- Rasmussen is pretty much Landeskog, but can play the centre, so... I gotta, I gotta pull this guy's name up. Oh, this uh, a listener from Sweden. I, I gotta mention him because he's he's been DMing me a lot of really valuable information, and just talking about the draft that's coming up. Uh, his name's Albine Carlson. Uh, he's a he's a listener. He listens to our show every week, and he absolutely praises our efforts and um just just loves us so uh albin thank you very much for listening but he also he also mentioned a player that i mean if the if the bruins don't make the playoffs and and they're not in if they make the playoffs as you said earlier they're going to be in that 20 somewhat uh draft range yeah 
But Albine says um, if they don't make the playoffs and they sit in that 14th position like they have for the past couple seasons, um, look for this guy named Lenius Anderson. And he plays for the, uh, I believe, the Swiss, uh, no, the um, a Sweden team. And uh, I, I did some research on him, what Albin was uh, telling me about him. I watched some videos. And this kid is good. Yeah. He is real good. And I'm going to continue to do uh, my due diligence scout on him. Because, um, um, like I said, this listener, he's, uh, he's always floating me some information, which is really good. So pretty cool i had to mention that because he's from sweden and he's really cool and he listens to us and he loves us so it's really cool that's awesome um yeah i think there's there's potential for the draft but at the same time we all know it's not going to be deep right it's probably two three rounds deep yep if that like a lot of people are saying two rounds deep but um at the same time like this guy I, I don't think there's anyone that the Bruins are going to pick up that are going to be ready anytime soon. Nah. In this draft. Unless they make a blockbuster trade for like the third overall pick and get Lilligren or someone. So, uh, which isn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, from the last few weeks, I've seen an, uh, I've seen someone who's like an NHL scout, I think it was, say that Anders Bjork is pretty much NHL ready. Yes. Or, or looks as NHL ready as anyone in the Bruins organization. Yep. He's got um, one. I believe he has one more year left at the Notre Dame. Yeah. So that's promising. I've seen at least 3,000 people telling me that. Um, You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com like half of our defensive prospects are ready <laughs> right especially McAvoy like that is there's about 3 million people saying McAvoy's ready yeah um so i i actually I, mean, I actually tried to get somebody on today but he couldn't make it and he's a he's a blogger and he yeah. he pays attention to Providence College and Boston University and Apparently, um, has had conversations with McAvoy and uh, Coach Quinn and uh, college scouts in the area. That and he seems to believe that Charlie McAvoy is in fact going to be a pro next season. Now, I wanted to get him on, not to um, go, you know, try to feel out. Uh, where he gets his information from, but yeah, if you look at the if you look at the facts, you got Kevin Miller that's locked up for a couple more years. You got Adam yep. McQuaid that's locked up for a couple more years. You got mm-hmm. Krug that's locked up for four more years. Yep. And you got Colin Miller now and Chara, which is one more year, and Carlo. So looking at the defensive core right there that are currently under contract and have term. I don't see McAvoy making a jump to the NHL and being that seventh defenseman that sits from the ninth floor with popcorn watching the game like the fans do. Yeah. If a move is to be made, if a Kevin Miller is to be moved, if 
you know, the, the, the expansion draft could play a very big role in a situation like this. Yeah. If one of those positions are moved and contracts are gone away, now you facilitate an area that McAvoy could definitely jump into. That is exactly why I don't believe that's going to happen. I believe yeah. that the Bruins are going to stand firm with their defensive core right now. Obviously, wait till Chara is gone after next season. Yep. And then work them in slowly. I don't think that he's he's going to jump right in and just be on the you know like if the Bruins make the playoffs. I understand yeah. there's no cap in the playoffs, but a lot of people are saying he could be a replacement for somebody that's already got NHL experience. I find that a little hard to believe, but. I don't think they risk it in the playoffs. Oh, I don't either. I, I especially you know, if Jacobs wants a deep run. I don't think they well, chance risking it in the playoffs. No matter how much like offensive skill this guy has, right? He's never played in the NHL. He hasn't got a clue what it's like to play in the NHL. I I am far from knocking McAvoy and his talent. I've seen him. I've seen him play. Yep. I've seen his numbers. I I research this guy on a weekly basis. He's got all that there, and he's ready. But the time just doesn't sound right to me. So, Yeah, but like, like how many guys? I mean, you've seen Krug jump into the playoffs and be effective. Yep. But also, how many players have you seen jump into the playoffs and just die? Like, just have no idea what they're doing because it's the first NHL ice they've ever like got on exactly and they're in the middle of a bloodbath because it's the playoffs exactly like we, we've seen players get hurt we've seen we've seen guys called up from providence to play in the playoffs when other guys have been hurt and they just look lost like they look like they want to go grab a pillow sit in the corner and cry <laughs> so i think leave him out let him like i've seen people saying that he might be called up in the next like nine games because apparently their season will end and there's a possibility that he comes up early. Well, Boston but, University right now is going to be in the Hockey East playoffs, so his, yeah. commi- his commitment is is with BU. Yeah, until if, that, the playoffs are over. And Yeah, but when the playoffs are over and he plays a professional game, his scholarship is now voided. Void. He cannot yeah, so he play any professional easy, level. Yeah. 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 So I, I just I don't know. I, I I would like to get some more information. I don't want to speculate and I'm frankly that's that's a lot of things that are going on right now is, is all speculation. And it's not coming from higher ups in the in the pay scale that, that write for some pretty significant publishers. It's it's more or less from people that are like this this gentleman that I know that I've had conversations with. And I'm not yeah. saying he's wrong. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to bring him on to trash him, and I just want to find out the information and what he sees and what he's heard, and and then evaluate from there. I think he has a right to speak, so I'd love to hear him. Can players from Canadian juniors not play in the NHL once their season's over? Is it or is it the only now? The NHL? Now the Canadian juniors is a different story. Like Jesse Gabriel, who signed a um, entry level deal. Yeah. with the Bruins uh, not too long ago. It was the, earlier this year. I believe it was December. Um, as soon as he's done with the Prince George Cougars of the WHL, he is allowed to go to Providence and play like he did last year. Yeah. But it, he it's not like university up there. 
like yeah. in in the states with the NCAA men's hockey. It's 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 totally different. Well, let's segue that one on to your prospect news because I know a lot of people are dying to hear that. Absolutely, I like that. Um, let's start with the AHL Providence Bruins, which are, are currently we're, uh, playing right now, and they're winning four to two with uh, the start of the third period. But uh, last week they had two games before today, uh, Sunday, February twenty sixth, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. They beat the uh, Springfield Thunderbirds by the score of three to nothing. Uh, no scoring in the first period. The second period, Joe Morrow got his first goal. As he's down there with assignment uh, at 15-11 from Colby Cave and Tommy Cross. Uh, the third period, Matt Grizzlick scores his third at 9:38 from uh, Austin Zarnick and Peter Mueller. And at 15:55, Colton Hargrove scores his sixth goal from Danton Heinen. Uh, Zane McIntyre gets his first shutout of the season. Uh, 25 saves in the effort. And the next game is on Friday night uh, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center against the uh, Albany Devils. The Providence Bruins lost to Albany 4-3. Uh, to three. Uh, No scoring in the first period. Second period scoring Peter Mueller at 139 from Danton Heinen and Austin Zarnick. Uh, the second... Uh, Tommy Cross scores his 11th from DeBrusque and Simpson at 13-14. And in the third period, Providence Danton Heinen scores his 11th from Hargrove and Swords at 15-18, which is a power play goal. Uh, like I said, uh, McIntyre uh, got his first shutout of the season uh, on Sunday and gets his first regulation loss on Friday against Albany. So... Um, the last 10 games, the Providence Bruins are 6-3-0, and and in 57 games played, they're 33-15-3-4. Uh, the tie with Lehigh Valley, who they're playing today at 75 points in the Atlantic Division, and four points behind leading Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. Honorable mentions for last week, Jordan Schwartz had an assist Friday night in Friday night's 43 regulation loss to the Albany Devils. And leads the Baby Bees in points with 43 and 53 games. In his last 15 games played, he's contributed four goals, nine assists, 13 points in that time frame. Uh, Danton Heinen had an assist in last Sunday's game against Springfield and a goal and an assist on Friday night's loss and is in a two-game point streak. This season, in, 50, in 45 games played, he's 11-21-32. Uh, old man Peter Mueller had a goal in Friday's loss to Albany and has two points in his last two games. With a goal on Friday, he snapped an eight-game goalless stretch and has nine goals, nine assists, 18 points in 42 games played. Uh, Zane McIntyre, like I said, uh, had a pair of firsts. Uh, he got his first shutout and um, lost his first game. Uh, this season, he's 15-1-1 one one with a 1.73 goals against and a .942 save percentage. East Coast Hockey League Atlanta Gladiators Dan Vladar got beat up in Friday night's loss to the Florida Everblades. He played a complete 16-minute game and gave up seven goals. 
The Blades won 7-2 while pouring on 45 shots on the first year pro goaltender. This season, uh, Vladar is 5-6-1-1, one, one, uh, hovering around four goals a game and a .886 save percentage. So he needs to step it up soon. OHL Zach Senishin of the Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds had a goal and an assist in last Sunday's 5-2 win over North Bay. Went pointless against Windsor on Thursday night, but uh, came back with a two-goal effort on Friday night to bring his goal total to 39 goals. Sinishin had a chance, has a chance this afternoon to break the 40-goal mark for the second time in his three-year OHL career. With seven games remaining, he could pass his career high of 45 goals he got last year. Uh, the Sioux Greyhounds play the Kitchener Rangers this afternoon, and in 11 career games against the Rangers, Senishin has 10 goals, 2 assists, 12 points. And on the season, in 52 games played, he's got 39, 19, and 58. And to update that, the, before we came on the podcast, he scored his 40th goal at the two-minute mark of the first period, and I'm not sure where he sits now. Uh, I'll check it out. Uh, awesome. Yep. Uh, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, Jeremy Lawson uh, from the Miranda Huskies, uh, played in four games last week, only contributing one assist. I'm sorry. Contributing points in Friday night, 7 to nothing win over Valador. He had a goal and an assist uh, this season in 33 games. He's got five goals, 19 assists, 24 points. Uh, Jacobs Borrell of the St. John Sea Dogs. Had an assist in Sunday's 5-3 win over Halifax Mooseheads. Um, he had pointless against Halifax on Wednesday night and had an assist in Friday night's 9-3 win over Ramuski. Uh, this season in 44 games, he has 9 goals, 26 assists, 35 points. In the WHL, Jesse Gabriel, the Prince George Cougars, Went pointless against the Kelowna Rockets on Wednesday night. Then came back strong with a two-goal weekend. With two weekend games against the Kamloops Blazers. Uh, notching two assists Friday night in an 8-4 win. And had a goal and an assist. I'm sorry. Had a goal on Saturday night. 6-1 win over the Blazers again. He has three points in his last two games. And his goal on Saturday night... Uh, reached the 30-goal mark for the second time in his WHL career. He had 40 last season, and with five games remaining uh, in the regular season, it's unlikely he'll pass his career high. Uh, this season, he's got 30 goals, 26 assists, 56 points in 56 games. Uh, the NCAA really didn't have a lot of um, things going on with the Bruins prospects, uh, with playoffs starting up in a week or two. So I really didn't get a lot of notes on those guys. So hopefully everything goes well, and I'll definitely give a, an update next week. Yeah, pretty good week all round, except for the goaltending, really. Yeah, yeah, it's you know everybody's seasons are coming down. Um, uh, real quick, I want to look at Zach Senishin's, um game today. I really like his game. I've been following him so much, and 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 just to see his turnaround from 
from this season, as I mentioned in the past, over the summer he didn't have a very good health uh, season. I mean, an off season health wise, yeah. uh, missing out on the development camp uh, with Mono and rookie camp in September with uh, 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 he had his appendix removed. Yeah. I can't talk today. Appendectomy. That's it. See. <laughs> And we don't even say that in England. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds won 2-1 to one over the Kitchener Rangers. Zach Senishin scores a goal in the first period at 2-0-4, like I mentioned, and also scored in the third period at the 17-51 mark. So he now has 41, 41. goals. 41. Game winner as well. With six games remaining, he has the potential to pass... His 45 goal career high, so I'm gonna yeah. be watching very closely to that. Me too, Woody. Yeah. What? A- You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. What a show! Yeah. <laughs> Hour and a half, just me and you yapping away. An hour and a half, just the two of us. Like, right. next week, Court, you've got to add another, like, half an hour to this. Exactly. I think Court's going to step it up big time. Yeah. He has to now. Full-timer. Yep. Got to step it up. Right. And we love Canadian beer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, UPS, mine. Yeah. <laughs> next day air. Yeah, they need to have ice with them as well. <laughs> All right, well, I think we're going to call it a show. Um, yeah. You can follow me at BlackAndGold277 on Twitter. You can also follow Rob at Rob40Bruins. Uh, you can also follow the podcast um, Twitter account, uh, Black, the letter N, Gold, Pod. Um, if you think about it, uh, next time you're using Amazon, we ask that you please go through our website, uh, blackandgoldhockeyblog.com and uh, click on the banner uh, when you do your Amazon shop and it would really help us out cut the costs um, the operating costs of the website and the podcast also have to give another shout out to our uh, show sponsor uh, Beast from the Northeast at bigcartel.com those guys are really good have some really cool uh, sports apparel uh, t-shirts and other great items uh, you can find our show on five platforms worldwide. We are on Apple iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're on Player FM. We're on SoundCloud.com. And also on Stitcher Radio. So plenty of areas to find us. And that's it, my friends. Awesome. That is the close another of week. another week. Another exciting oh. week. They're going so quick at the moment. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is 47. And yeah. we're coming up on 50, which yeah. is a milestone for us. Um, oh, speaking of milestones, uh, with 50 episodes approaching, um, we are now over 12,000 listeners. That is awesome. Oh, listens, listens, listeners. Listens. Yeah, yeah. they've listened. So, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's not a bad ratio for, for what we've done so far on this program. So Definitely. From going from, like... What, when I joined, I think we were getting like less than a hundred listens per show. Yes, so now... I've, I've averaged it out 
um, we get from anywhere from 350 listens per show to 450. Yeah. It depends. So, for instance, last week when we had Court on, I'm going to pump his tires a little bit, um, the, we had really good numbers. So, in those two shows, we have had over 1,200 listeners. Or listens. So, See, it's, it's the trifecta. Yeah. And like I said, like I said, when we started the show, I think it's going to add a, a whole other element um, yep. because we all bring something to the table. I mean, you you have exceptional hockey knowledge from being three thousand miles away, which is I still am blown away by. And and um, I I like the prospects. I like talking Bruins with you, but I I'm I'm a prospect dude. I want to get the word out about the guys that are going to be in the NHL sooner or later. And yeah. the addition to court, I, I think he's going to bring in uh, a stat. Um, Great some, numbers some, guy. Yeah, some analytical numbers that that, that you now is in other podcasts that I listen to. Those numbers, analytics, and and Corsi and Fenwick have, have all been incorporated in their show. Maybe that's something that we could do too, um, and and learn about it. So. I think it's yep. going to be great. So, and I really look forward to uh, having him full time on next week. And um, yeah, I I just so I'm amazed by how how good this stuff's going, and it's just going to get better. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it, and we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Um, hopefully, we can uh, put some uh, wins together and. And uh, expect uh, some good old hockey talk next week instead of a uh, good old grumpy me and other co-hosts that you've heard <laughs> in the past. <laughs> yeah. All right. Definitely. Take care, everybody. Yeah. for tuning in to the black and gold hockey podcast please join us next week for another discussion of bruins hockey related material